Sermons from FBC Athens. Welcome to the weekly podcast of the sermons from Sunday worship at First Baptist Church of Athens, Georgia. The title for the sermon from Sunday, February 11th, is Signs and Wonders. It is given by Matt Marston, Senior Minister. The scripture text is divided in two parts, Mark 8:27 through 9:1 and Mark 9 verses 2 through 8. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, "Who do people say that I am?" And they answered him, "John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, only Jesus. At my dad's funeral a few weeks ago, there were a lot of preachers. Came out of the woodwork a dangerous amount. (laughs) But I got to reconnect with uh, someone that I had lost touch with. His name is Richard Hips. He had been the pastor of Trinity Baptist Church in Memphis when I was going to seminary. He was the first person associated with CBF that I ever met. He had a Ph.D. in New Testament from Vanderbilt, which I admired, and he had a real um, 
devastating but beautiful testimony because in 1993, they had three children. Their youngest, a daughter named Alexandra, died suddenly from complications to a pretty normal virus. So he had lived with this darkness and had kept the faith, and that really meant a lot to me and still does. Well, I saw Richard in the receiving line, and he stayed for the service, and I looked him up and found out he had a book that recently came out, so I bought it, and I was reading it. And in that book, he tells this remarkable story about signs and wonders. It was 1997. He was struggling still with the recent death of his daughter, who had like four and a half at the time. And he was looking for help, as we do, and he went to a place that kind of surprised him. He went to a John Wimber conference. You may not know John Wimber, California. You all know him if you've ever been to a praise and worship service because the order of songs that every praise and worship contemporary church does comes from Wimber. Wimber was known for signs and wonders accompanying evangelism. And Richard went kind of skeptical, kind of surprised he was there, but he went. And at the end of a worship service, at the end of a sermon, Wimber said, I'm going to call out symptoms, and if you have them, come forward, and we're going to pray for you. And Richard found himself kind of trembling, and he prayed, said, God, if this is for real let me hear my symptom. See, he had found out two weeks before that he had a growth in his right sinus and had a biopsy scheduled to see if it was malignant or not. But he thought, surely not. He's not going to say anything about a sinus. Wimber calls out heart failure, heart attack, cancer, nerve pain, just went down the list. And all of a sudden he said, Someone here has just found out they have a growth in their right sinus. What would you do? Richard trembled and walked down front, and he said he met a young man who looked like he was maybe in high school or early college, and the man said, the young man said, can I pray for you? And he did. He prayed for him. And the young man said to Richard, PhD, skeptic, kind of uptight church person, not quite frozen chosen, but not, you know, we're not that far away from it. <laughs> the young man said, the Holy Spirit says that it's not malignant. You can relax. And you need to rest more. Two weeks later, they had the biopsy. Guess what? Benign. Not malignant. And here is Pastor Richard with a heart full, but still a lot of questions. Why doesn't everybody get the miracle? If it can happen, why doesn't it happen more often? And then, of course, he's thinking about Alexandra. The danger, there's twin dangers when it comes to signs and wonders. 
One is that we cross our arms and think nothing like that ever happens. I hate to tell you, but inexplicable stuff happens to people all the time. Every time I've ever talked about that, said it out loud, talked about prayer, talked about people uh, having supernatural experiences, invariably, it's happened here, someone has come to me and said, I don't talk about this because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. We're all crazy. Forget that. No big deal. Me especially. But they say, you won't believe that this happened. Hey, stuff happens all the time. That's a danger is denying that and being content with kind of a deist God that maybe started everything off and then does nothing. The other danger is to think signs and wonders is all there is, that that's the end of the story, that that's all there is to the story, that if I pray and believe and have enough faith, that I will always be healed, that those I love will always be protected. And that's not true either. But you can understand the desire. You can understand the hope of that. Peter had that hope when he went up the mountain with Jesus. They had just heard, I mean, you heard Matthew read it at the beginning. Peter had just recognized who Jesus really was. He recognized he was the Son of God, and he heard Jesus say some wild things. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be raised. All that went out the window on the top of the mountain because here was a miracle, a sign and wonder. Hey, they didn't have bleach. They didn't have OxyClean. And Jesus' garments are sparkling white. He is transfigured. And they have a vision of Elijah and Moses. And the cloud comes down, the cloud, which is the presence of God. Remember Mount Sinai, the top of Mount Sinai. What was there? Thunder and lightning and a cloud. What overshadowed the tabernacle? A cloud, a cloud as a sign of God's presence. Here on top of the mountain, there's this cloud and a voice speaks, and Peter is excited. He says, let's build some tents. The best word is tabernacles or maybe booths. Have you ever heard of the festival of booths? There are multiple, there were, especially in uh, the time of Jesus, three main festivals that the Jews celebrated in Jerusalem. One was Passover. The second was Pentecost. That was the beginning of the harvest. And then there was Sukkot, which was the festival of booths, still uh, celebrated by religious Jews. And that was the harvest festival. That was the end time festival. When Peter says, let's build some tabernacles, he's not just saying, hey, let's camp out here. He's saying, it's the finish line. We have made it. Happy days are here again and permanently. It's the harvest time. Eat, drink, and be merry. Now we have come to the fulfillment. We've come to the end 
of our story, and it is a happy ending. Peter's saying, let's celebrate, and they lived happily ever after. And we feel like that too sometimes, don't we? When we get good news or when we get answered prayer or when we get relief, we think, this is it. God has for us in store blessing and health and happiness, that kind of top of the mountain feeling you have when all of life is going well. And you kind of think, it's really easy to think, this is the way it's always going to be. We have made it. We're blessed. This is the way it's always going to be. But what does the voice say? Calling from the cloud. Listen to him. And what did Jesus just say? If anyone's going to follow me, they've got to take up their cross. Jesus does not say, we're at the end time. We have not reached the finish line. He actually is going to say, we've got to go through Passover. I'm going to accomplish something that is painful. There will be healing through pain. There will be a kind of divine surgery that happens that is ultimately for healing but will be painful in the short run. He says, I'm going to the cross, and he says, you're going to face it too. It's the reason why we have Lent every year so that we don't just celebrate like Christmas and Easter. Is there anything wrong with celebrating Christmas and Easter? No, there is no reason to ever get mad at people who only come to church on Christmas and Easter. I'm glad when anybody comes. I feel it's a miracle you're here this morning. I, really, I, I actually kind of mean that. I think it's really beautiful and special and not to be taken for granted. But the problem is if we only get Christmas and Easter... We think, we begin to associate God only with easy times, with highlights, with celebrations, with things going according to our plans. And we forget that God promises to be with us, not just in the highlights, but in the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table, this is Psalm 23, thou preparest a table before me, a banquet table, but where is it? In the presence of mine enemies, the enemies of sickness and fear and grief and loss and death. God does promise to be with us, but not just when things are going well, but when we are going through it. And Jesus tells us, like he told those disciples, me, you're going to face the valley. You're going to go through the cross. You're going to deal with suffering and pain, but don't despair because that's not the end of the story. John Wimber mentioned earlier, famous, he started the Vineyard Churches, if you're familiar with that, famous for signs and wonders. He got cancer in 1994. It was uh, inoperable, 
tumor. And he did what he had everybody do, which is pray. Pray hard and pray long and pray expectantly. His whole church did, probably all half of Southern California at the time. And guess what? It did not go away. He went through radiation, a long, brutal period of radiation. And he ended up dying kind of from complications from it. But he wrote in 1996 a remarkable article called Signs, Wonders, and Cancer. And someone had asked him, do you still believe that God heals even though you haven't been healed? It would be easy to say no. No, I've kinda, I'm, I'm uh, despondent. I've given up hope. He said, yes, I believe in both because he says the Bible has within it both the beautiful and loving and tender touch of God and pain. They're both present throughout all of the Bible as much as we would like it to be just one. And Wimber says, I have met God in a new way in my pain. He said even more, I know God more truly when I gaze upon God and trust in God in the valley. What that means for us, friends, I think is this. We are not promised an easy life. We are not promised that all of our career or material dreams will come true. That's not part of the Christian life. It was not promised in the beginning. What we are promised is that whatever we go through, God will be with us, giving us strength and Miracle of miracles, we find, I think maybe even more remarkably than signs and wonders, we find God closest when we are in the deepest valley. Some of you know that. You've lived it because you've had a child struggling with addiction. You've had an unexpected loss of a young spouse. You've dealt with disappointment in your career, and you're here, and you know that when we are in the valley, God is close, and that that's not the end of the story. The end of the story, we'll save that for March 31st. Thank you for listening to the sermons from FBC Athens. Join us for worship in person or our live stream Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. God's grace and peace be with you today, tomorrow, and always.